Relating to Self. A podcast that helps you create a better relationship with yourself. Hey, I'm Joachim. Welcome. Do you realize that there is only one relationship that you will always be in? The relationship with yourself. Improving that relationship changes everything. On this podcast, I share my thoughts and I invite real people to have vulnerable conversations about how they relate to themselves and what we can learn from that. In today's episode, I speak with Annalise, for whom boundaries are difficult and writing is an anchor. Enjoy. Hey, Annalise. It's so wonderful to have you here. Thank you for being here. Hello, Joachim. Hey. So um, for context, I'm going to say a few words about how we met and how I know you. And you are a celebrated author in Belgium, I would say. Uh, and your books have been translated in many languages as well. And I don't remember if I actually read a book of yours first or if I first met you. I just remember that the first book I read that was yours was Sleep. Um, and I think I read that before we met. And then we met because we worked together on, I think it was called Almshi, a production Almshi. about, yes, yes, a production um, about... Uh, play with uh, music in it. Yes, wonderful. And then you you wrote the, the text for that. And I did write some music. And I also performed in that music play theater thing and that was quite a, a lovely experience i have good memories of that and then afterwards we kind of stayed in touch not much but once in a while i remember us meeting up in tokyo and going to this quite weird kind of like fair for for comic books that was a that was a really interesting <laughs> yeah. adventure that we went on together <laughs> so yeah and then um i'm currently actually reading your latest book 30 days um, ah, yes. Well, there are a couple of books <laughs> after that. Yes. Uh, my latest is, uh, is uh, Trainen en Kamers, Trains and Rooms. Oh, okay, cool. I haven't even seen that one yet. Wonderful. I look forward to also reading it. Um, I have a bit of a problem getting the books here in Bulgaria, so I read them on my iPad, which is not ideal, but it's what right. we have. So, yeah, so thank you so much for being here for the conversation. On this podcast, we are going to focus on Relating to self, I'm really curious about how you relate to yourself and what you've learned throughout the years to improve this relationship with yourself. Um, I assume, I believe something about you. I think that you are also, just like me, quite good at solitude and being alone and being productive while being alone. So I look forward to understanding more about how you have navigated that for yourself. But first, I would love to ask you when you hear the term relating to self, what exactly does that mean for you? What comes up? Well, it's something that I think about quite a lot recently and in the recent years. Um, I I started thinking that I'm not so good, <laughs> good at it, actually, uh, to take good care of myself. And I um, completely stopped drinking and smoking, which is, I think, one way of taking good care of your body. But uh, it's hard for me to, to have um, a good sense of what, what I can do and what is too much and 
uh, as well as in the amount of work I take on as uh, in relating to other people and how far they can go. Um, yeah, I, I've had a bit of a crisis, I think, in the last years. And I think I told you about it when we met in, in Japan. Um, I think I was just very, very tired of uh, of having too much of everything, maybe. Um, and uh, and that's better now, but I, I, uh, I see myself much more as a vulnerable person now. And maybe this is also really the case because I'm getting a bit older and I am not uh, feeling the energy uh, from when I was in my 20s um, and I I do think I know myself better but I don't always know how to what is what is taking good care of myself because it can be different one day from the other I think <laughs> Mm, yeah, that's that's actually a really interesting um, starting point for this conversation. I think this idea that what we need, how we take care of ourselves changes from day to day. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that was surprising for me as well. And that I had trouble learning. Like I started from the idea if I if I get a routine in place, if I understand what I need and how I can relate to myself better, then I can just do that. But that kind of like didn't work because it changes all the time. So I, I wonder for you, if you could take us through the, the changes that you go from day to day, maybe, and, and what different kind of self-care routines you have for yourself when you notice these different states. Well, for example, I, I can feel very happy by working very hard. Hmm. <laughs> and this is probably one of, uh, well, a big part of the problem. And, and of the end of the joy. So um, because um, if I emerge myself in in writing, it takes a lot of my energy and uh, but it also gives me back a lot of energy. So I am in this constant need of having it. And on the other hand, it tires me down completely. So and I don't really see. Um, an escape from that. Uh, for a while, I, I really thought, is this what I want to do for my, for the rest of my life, writing? But then I know that I that I become very unhappy when I don't. But to be creative, it also needs some feeding. I mean, you cannot be creative or in the same drive constantly it is impossible so this i kind of accept it but then on the other hand when it is your job uh and you take on uh certain uh tasks that are given to you uh like for example now before uh, half of june i have to write two short stories and one essay um then uh, i mean then you also notice that when there is some pressure, uh, more things come. So <laughs> it's a very, a very difficult, a very thin rope, I think, to walk on that because in a way I do like the pressure and the deadlines and 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 having myself 
do the impossible again and again and being proud of myself because of that. Um, problem is that I sometimes take on so much, but uh, now I am also in a writer's collective of female writers from Belgium and the Netherlands. Uh, and we also give each other a lot. I mean, also fun and, and knowledge that we uh, share and, but also projects that we make. But then again, it, it easily becomes too much. I mean, it's, you, it's very hard to dose something that you start because you, you never have any reference of what it is going to be. I mean, it's not like a, a job in an office where you know what you are going to do for the, for the coming years. It's never like that, a, a creative job. And also not, I mean, the the side jobs like this with uh, fixed it the writers collective and um and i think sometimes my enthusiasm for a lot of things is also what tires me down so it's out so it's um so it's uh yeah it's all it's all quite difficult because the things that, that give me joy and energy are also the things that wear me out and and i have still not found a good way of dealing with that because uh, at the end of last year due to corona and everything i had just finished the book and nothing i mean it was not out yet and nothing happened i had no readings like i used to have there it was like everybody had forgotten about me and it was it was very strange and silent and i of course could have started something new, but you don't do that if you just had finished something. So I had this weird feeling of, okay, so probably now I should rest. And then I, <laughs> and I don't even know how to do that because it's like, I mean, I'm just waiting or something. Uh, and okay, I did more walks than I do now. And I went swimming and this was nice, but I mean, but you don't do that. For the whole day, I, I did a lot of reading, like I always do. But uh, yeah, it was it was strange. So yes, I do need to work. Yeah, I I love that this idea of like not knowing how to rest. I do recognize that, like from my past. I think I know now how to rest, but I, I recognize that it's difficult to figure out. But there's one thing you said earlier that I'm curious about and that I very much agree with. You said this creative work very much also needs input. You need to feed yourself. You can't always just create. And so I'm curious as to the ways you have found to take care of yourself in that, like how, how do you feed yourself creatively or what do you do to, to get new input? Well, there are always books, of course, and they, uh, they were uh, available uh, throughout uh, lockdowns. And, but I also noticed that the, the, the few films I saw and the few plays I saw, they, they meant much more than usually because uh, there were not many. And, and I do think that for years I have been feeding myself too much also, maybe. Mm. I mean, I am like in a constant hunger, but also a constant feeding of, of my brain. And while, yeah, 
Well, this was better. I mean, to see just a couple of plays and a couple of um, well-selected uh, films. Um, yeah, I think I will mm. uh, stick to that. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to ask, do you think that, you know, because of what we have lived through with Corona, um, the accessibility of these kind of things became a lot less? And do you think you've learned something from that period? Like, do you think that you will keep some of the better habits that you've developed, maybe like not overfeeding yourself with too much input? Like, do you think that's something you will continue to do in, in the future? Yeah, yeah. And I, I uh, something very stupid that I'm going to mention, but uh, uh, watching TV is not something I, I do a lot. And especially when it's not, I mean, when, when we are not in a situation with Corona, I am out a lot of uh, evenings. Um, but now I, I did watch more TV, but uh, I selected the films that I wanted to see. And like, like I was uh, more conscious about, uh, about stuff. And, but one thing that was really positive uh, for me uh, during Corona is that I um, that was this collective actually uh, mm. that uh, that we found each other was also because of Corona I think because like more people I think we um, we thought about what is really important also when you are in pain why is that why. Why are you unhappy about certain things? What is it that makes you unhappy? And what would help you? And uh, it's true, you said at the beginning that I am one of those people who is good at being alone. And I think that's true. But I came to the realization that in this part of my life, at least, I also need to be part of of a group but not in a way that it it um it changes my autonomy and i i don't think it does because i am 45 and i've been making a lot of creative work and i know what i i want i mean i i don't think it is threatening to in any way to to be part of a group at least this is what i think now maybe this also mm. changes mm. but but uh, i am i am quite self assured about keeping my my own um way of looking at things or uh, my and that my work stays my work and but i also needed to be to have some friends i think in my in my own uh I mean, I do have friends, but in in my own literary field, it is quite hard to have friends. And I and I know that uh, the that I I had some instances where I was very very disappointed, and that this caused a lot of pain. So now, this really does me good, and it is off. We have this very active WhatsApp group, which is also, of course, wearing us down, but. Uh, but we do often say to each other that we really like it so much that we have found each other and that we can share things and that we are not so alone. And and it is a bit silly that you have to become, I mean, in your 40s to, to realize such a 
childish thing like that like i want some friends <laughs> who who yeah. understand what what i do in my work and and who who have the same um issues sometimes also because i mean we are all women this is also something that i never would have thought that i needed to be amongst only women in this part uh and of course i am not in other parts of, of my life uh, with only women, this would be scary. But but in this in this instance, I really liked it. Um, because although I have always uh, denied that uh, it's such a big difference that I, actually I, I have always denied the differences between men and women because I don't have an ordinary woman's life. I, I don't have kids of my own, for example, or. Uh, and I always went for, I mean, what I thought was my talent and that I should, it felt natural to to go that way, in, first of all. Um, and I always felt a bit um, uncomfortable even with uh, events only for women. And I still do, in a way. But, um, but some things change. I mean, some some needs do change. And it is a fact that in the intellectual world, it is harder uh, for a woman still. I do have a lot of respect also from men, but there is such a lot of um, um, degrading stuff coming your way as well. And I really think this is worse for women and it's worse for people who are not of Western origin, uh, for example. And, um, and, and this is uh, really, really tiring to have to deal with that. And you can tell yourself uh, after your first book, it's okay, I just started, they will see. And they do, <laughs> they do. But, uh, but you still have the same shit coming towards you sometimes uh and and then you have those, those moments where you think but no matter what i do i mean still there will be people treating me like i am retarded or six years old i mean and this is uh this is uh, this makes you angry and sad and then it's good to have a group <laughs> with people with the same experiences uh, and then, and then, just also lift it. I mean, it's not that we sit together to to share our pain all the time. Quite the opposite. I mean, we we do know about that, and uh, we don't have to explain, and we don't have to prove or or anything like that. Uh, this we know, and then we just, uh, yeah, we share our knowledge, and we we share. Also negative experiences, but a lot of positive stuff, in fact. Yeah, I think you highlight a really important point when it, when it comes to relating to self, and that is the idea of community, the idea of having a support group. So mm -hmm. I'm curious if you feel that being part of this collective of female writers has helped you to improve your relationship with yourself. Yes, I think it, it does, but, but also... Um, Yeah, but also, like I said, it, it does bring a lot of new work. Uh, uh, work creates work. So, so I am, again, 
doing too much at the moment. Absolutely. Uh, and and I noticed not only with this collective, but uh, that I, I have actually been taking on work until June of next year. And I don't wow. like that in a way that I, again, um, overloaded myself so much. But on the other hand, taking it one step at a time, it is doable and it is um, it will be okay. Uh, but sometimes I wonder with myself, it is also, of course, a matter of, of being able to to, to pay for my living. I mean, uh, mm. I, I do have to think about that. Um, but, um, but I sometimes wondered and, and not only now, but, um, I, I had other moments of working too much and, and then I wonder what exactly do I want to find out? What is my breaking point? Is this what I want to find out? <laughs> I don't think so. In fact, that I, that I should find this out. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think I did have some breaking points. Um, so, yeah, this stays difficult. And, and this, this collective uh, of, of uh, people who understand me um, is also adding to the amount of work. So mm. <laughs> it's yeah, all double and it's that. all ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's um, a question of always checking in with yourself and being, being real with yourself about the amount of work mm -hmm. that you can do in a healthy way. And that's, that's hard to find out, you know, how much that is, mm -hmm. because you can always think of like, oh, you know, this one more thing, I can easily do that. Or I can see that other people are also overwhelmed. So I'm going to contribute. So yeah, I hear you, that's tough. But I'm very happy to hear that you have this group. <laughs> that sounds beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> There's another thing I'm, I'm really curious about. In the beginning, you said something like, I see myself more as a vulnerable person now. Yeah. And well, I think vulnerability is one of those really underrated kind of like aspects of human life. I have for a very long time, I believe, suppressed my vulnerability in my life. I didn't want to be vulnerable. So I made an armor. I presented myself, you know, stronger than I was. And I pretended everything was okay and I was not touched by things, but that kind of like made me die from the inside. So in, in the recent years, I have worked a lot on my ability to be vulnerable and that has brought me great joy. Um, and it has also allowed me to be just in a much better place when it comes to my relationship with myself because it's more real. So I'm really curious about how you have developed this vulnerability with yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just that I understand that I, I am not as strong as I sometimes would wish to be. Uh, it it would, and and that I, and then I what then I, then that I was. I sometimes think I I think I was stronger, <laughs> um, and um, that I could deal better with difficult people for example <laughs> or for people who make life difficult for me um and um this is also a problem with empathy sometimes i think uh, empathy is very much needed if you are not empathic you are probably a psycho <laughs> uh so 
Yeah, I mean, it, so you should be empathic, but it is also a problem. I always, uh, well, saw it more and more as a problem also, because I always, I actually read this in, um, in, a, in a very nice review of uh, Trenen and Kamers, my, my latest book. Uh, it said, like, irony for me, it said, is, is, is never um, a tool to look down on somebody. Uh, and it said, Verbeke sees, uh, sees herself in others, and she, that way she shows others. And I think this is true, and this is probably a, a talent uh, that I some, somehow always try to see in somebody's mind <laughs> and the good things also for a long time I could see the good things especially um, and I became a bit too tired for that I mean to now I understand that sometimes okay I see it and I see someone's pain this is I think the essence I see someone's pain so I always understand everybody um and but i should not carry all of that this is something that i told myself i am just not able to and i tried this for very long and 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 i was quite good at it this is what i think changed and this is maybe something that changes getting older for most people that uh and i i do um feel a bit sad about that, that I cannot do this anymore in, in the same way as I used to, because it also brought me joy. It also learned me a lot of peop about people and, um, and uh, it is good also, I think, to have contact with the ones who go through life in a very different way than you do and who uh, focus on other things than you do and who have other opinions than you do and this is somehow something that um that learns that teaches you a lot and uh but on the other hand uh unfortunately you have to be very strong all the time if you want to do this all the time and uh and this is uh, yeah for this, I, I became too tired, I found, and I, I am mourning about this, that mm. I cannot um, keep up with, with that. Mm. That's, that's beautiful, though. I, I resonate with that, the idea of mourning, the idea of mourning for the parts of yourself that you have lost or for the changes that you have gone through. I've, I've gone through a period like this as well, where, as you know, well, when I, when I left the the creative and musical world in, in Belgium to do other things uh, for many reasons, there was a, a part of me that resisted that morning. And so for many years, I carried that pain around. And it's only recently, really, that I've given in to actually sitting with that pain and that sadness, and then mourn for that part of myself that has gone. Mm -hmm. um, but that has also resolved a lot of tension in me. So I, I wonder if for you now, this this mourning for this part of you that was very strong and that was able to carry that pain of others. Does this mourning also bring solace? Does it bring like a lightness? 
Well, I, I think uh, I am not there yet, <laughs> but uh, I am understanding myself, which is something. I do understand myself. Um, and I also, maybe this is also about allowing yourself to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and also this has to do with self-worth probably that you you uh, deserve to be protected and uh, that you and that you have to do that yourself mm. um but boundaries is for me very it's a very difficult subject and i think it always will be because by crossing boundaries, I mean, first of all, who decides what are boundaries, <laughs> what boundaries are, which ones you should uh, take care of. I mean, this is also convention in a way. And like I said, it can change from one day to another. I mean, it, it can. Yeah. Yeah, I, I resonate with that. Cross them also. And then, uh, so... Yeah, this this will always be difficult, but um, because you also this is also the thing. I, it's not that I didn't used to think that I was worth it or that I had such low self esteem. I don't think so, but it's more like I found the energy to to discover. And yeah, it also has to do with the urge to discover and to um, to um, to find what is hidden also uh, in other people or in situations or in 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 geography. I mean, this is why we travel also. I think. Um, so yes, in in that case also this um, this Corona time was extremely <laughs> interesting and a bit scary and um, I really had uh, a really difficult time in the beginning of this. Um, I felt an, a, a trapped animal, I must say. the The idea of uh, we don't know how long this is going to take. When uh, there were a couple of uh, travels that I was going to do. Uh, that were not, um, well, that I couldn't do, um, which is not a big deal, but because also the, in, in recent years, I sometimes also had enough of the traveling on the other hand, but, but, uh, but not to be able to, I mean, as an idea is something else. I mean, not to be able to leave. And I, I am somebody who, I understood this about myself. I need freedom. I am constantly searching for freedom of mind, of, of, um, and, um, and this boundary problem, <laughs> if I can call it like that, uh, has to do with that. Of course, you are searching for something beyond what you know, what you, um, in an effort to to set yourself free again and again, um, so 
but then then you also start wondering what is a search for freedom and what is an escape mm-hmm. um because um i think i i did um try to escape also uh, quite a lot of stuff and and the stopping drinking and smoking and such was a very uh, conscious decision because I thought this is the moment. I mean, we are not uh, in each other's houses having a drink or on terraces having a, let, let's just completely stop uh, all that is bad for our body. Um, and uh, because I and and then I mean then I I really had this memory of maybe of by saying goodbye to that uh, I had this these memories about being drunk <laughs> in different parts of my life and and I I did think why actually did I do that? I mean also because it is it is part of our culture I think this is big reason for that but um but it's also an escape i mean and and then you wonder what are you escaping and i i did uh, find some concrete answers <laughs> to that yeah and i thought a lot about the way i was raised and and my my personal history and and my relationships to people now I think I have been avoiding quite a lot of confrontation and I think drinking and uh, not that I really had a drinking problem, but looking at it now, I think, yeah, this was too much often, quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the smoking, I've, I've really been a heavy smoker and I started again and again. And uh, I mean, why, why do, did I do this? I mean, it's uh, so, I, I think it's all about avoiding confrontation also. It's, uh, and the traveling also has to do with that. It's also a way of moving all the time so that you are not trapped. This is, this is my, my ever fear to be trapped. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and, and this is why it can make me so angry if, if somebody, for example, talks about my work in the wrong way, I mean, mm. in, <laughs> or, or tries to put a label on me or um, because, yeah, I do all this effort not to be trapped. <laughs> mm. And still it sounds as if being trapped in a literal sense because of Corona has allowed you Mm-hmm. to gain a lot of new awareness yeah. about who you are and what you're doing to yourself because you know stopping drinking and stopping smoking those are big things those mm-hmm. are like very difficult for most people so it sounds like that that gave you a lot as well this this yeah, being trapped it's true. and this was this is what i mean it was so interesting and and yet it started very very bad i mean i, I really felt so bad in those first months of of this lo- just the idea of quarantine of 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 lockdown of of being trapped literary yeah it mm. it, it yeah i felt like an animal wanting I'm, I'm, to cage but but then it's true i mean it was maybe necessary 
to be trapped for a while and then not escape anymore and then mm. look at things. Not that yeah. all those things are solved now. <laughs> I'm, I'm really curious about how you navigated those difficulties because in the beginning you say the first months were really hard for you. Did you have specific things that you engaged in to make it more easy for you after a while, like specific routines perhaps, or specific things that you did or didn't do anymore? How did you change your own navigation of the, of the lockdown? Well, it is um, not a surprising answer and this did not change, but my, my work finishing my new, writing my new book was my anchor. I mean, mm. uh, yeah, I mean, we, in my relationship, it got quite difficult. Now it's much better again uh, for, for a while, but the, be the beginning months of, of the lockdown were very difficult because we are not the kind of couple we never were who are constantly together. It is, I mean, and our neighbors also were screaming at each other. It was like everybody, every couple was going mad. Uh, except for my brother who lived next door, uh, they really got well he was together with a girl for a year but they were like wondering uh whether they were going to be seriously together and then they decided yes this is serious and they had like the honeymoon of their lives uh, being trapped together and so yeah there were other stories but most were difficult and and mine was quite difficult uh, for a while i thought uh, so this was it but then we sometimes ma somehow managed uh, to, to uh, yeah, to get together again. I mean, not that we were physically apart, but um, but so, but always the work uh, that I that I made writing was my anchor, uh, and this is this is what I have always had with writing. It is no matter what happens, the writing should stay. Although I had this moment in my life where I, where I wondered, should I not? have another job than writing actually i never took it seriously and 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 people around me didn't take it very serious and um so um and now i understood that this is important for me this is always there this should always be there this is my anchor and then i did i mean the usuals i did a lot of walking and I also had a special experience with friends. I mean, it's, um, there, there is also the feeling that, I mean, one cannot have like 1000 real friends. It's, <laughs> but, but, uh, I, I had some contacts with, I mean, not the closest friends that were very nice, uh, and that I cherished. And then there were, like some friends that uh, that were there more more than others, and this is uh, yeah maybe also discovery. Who are your best friends? Mm. <laughs> and Corona was uh, was maybe eye opening to that. Yes, I'm really curious about the um, the writing. You say writing is your anchor, and I'm wondering if you also use writing differently from just writing fiction but for example like i have a journaling practice so i write every morning but of course that's a very different kind of writing so i'm curious if you also use writing for other things like to find clarity for yourself about what's going on inside yourself or if you have some kind of a journaling practice or do you only really practice fiction writing well it's um 
Uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was in 2012 or 2013, I, for the first time, wrote a short story with uh, the author as a, as a main character, which is my alter ego. And I, it, it felt very liberating because she is clearly me. And on the other hand, she does things that I could never have done. I mean, that, I, that are impossible, I mean, for a human being sometimes. Or, um, and this character I kept, and uh, she's uh, also for a moment in 30 days that you are reading now. And she is also in uh, Hallelujah, uh, my uh, short story collection, where in the heart of the book, the, the middle story, number eight is always the middle story, she uh, wakes up as a bear. Um, and it is um, a metaphor for depression, you could say, or melancholy, not to put it as heavy as depression, but... Um, tiredness um and uh and now she's in the first very long short story which was uh before that a, no uh, a novella called uh deserteren uh desert deserteren deserting is it like that? i think so yeah <laughs> uh and um and uh and and she's at the at the last uh in the last story and yeah, I, I keep on using this character who is me and who is not me. And I, uh, I find it liberating. Uh, but I, I do sometimes write for myself when I am very angry or sad and I want to yeah, just have this out of my system and, I, and then I write it. But Somehow this does not give me the relief that, that uh, fiction writing does bring me, although fiction writing takes so much more effort. So there you have the, the tiredness again. But then when I manage to build something, um, which is, of course, also, always partly true and autobiographic. Also, the, the, the stories are, that are not about the author. I mean, it's, it's always about what I think is important or what I think, uh, what, what I'm dealing with. So, um, so yeah, and, and for example, this author who became a bear, to, to talk about this tiredness to call it like that uh in a metaphor uh makes it for me much much easier than when i would just start writing everything that goes on in my head so it is the building also building something from something that uh that uh gives me the relief it, and wears it, me out <laughs> yeah it almost sounds like there's a part of you that uses your creative work as a way to relate to yourself in, oh, in yes, like expressing course. yourself and yeah, yeah. But isn't this the case for, for everybody who is uh, making creative work? I mean, this is, this is an, an inner need from, from mm. which this comes. Um, and I do often have the feeling and for, for years I didn't talk about it because it sounds a bit crazy. Um, but then I heard David Lynch talk about it and, uh, so many writers like Borges and there are many who say, um, 
it's like what I make already exists and I am the one and then you have difficult word chosen <laughs> to um to give it to the world but of course there are a lot of people in psychiatric wards who think they were chosen for <laughs> for something or in prisons <laughs> yeah. uh, so it is a difficult concept but I, it does feel that way um and yet it also of course comes from inside me but i do think that that uh, that i do have a feeling about the world that that everything is connected and um and that um what is what is living inside you is living outside you it's all resonating mm -hmm. so in that way, it is not only about myself. And this is, I think, uh, well, when I talked about this review that I liked about my work, uh, about empathy and, and that uh, I see myself in others and in this way show others. Yeah, this is what, what a writer or everybody in the arts should do. Uh, I mean, it is... Uh, it is... Uh, it is what you need, I think, to to go into things, to go under the everyday, uh, which is full of words and full of uh, actions that are not that important. But it's what's underneath those words and actions. And um, and yeah, you were always in music. I mean, music is like very directly giving voice to what is underneath it has no words in in my uh, in my art it is it is uh, it is different that you always do need the words words which are so often misused and and used for so much harm um so and and who can and words that can be so so silly and common and futile um, in everyday life, and and too many of them in any case. Mm. <laughs> so it is a it is a weird thing to to use this to uh, reach for something higher or deeper or what you want to call it the undercurrent mm. um, to use some tool. Uh, which is often misused. Yeah, this is not the case with music. It's different. Yeah, well, I, th I think in general I agree with you that artistic expression is always, in a way, an exploration of relationship to ourselves. But I think the big difference for me was that when I was a musician, when I was still composing, I wasn't aware of this so much. I mean, obviously, I had these ideas of like, you know, I want to express something. I have certain ideas that I want to present to the world, and so on. But I wasn't as conscious that I am now about the fact that it was actually also a tool for reflecting on myself and changing my relationship with myself and healing myself. And I think that's the most important part. And so now I, well, I don't really compose anymore. I do other things. I create other things. But I think if I were to go back to art, that would be a very different way of perceiving what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Because I'm more aware of the fact like, yes, this is about navigating my relationship with myself also. Yeah. Yeah. And in this way, it is also, I mean, what you are creating never has anything to do with 
what people will say about it. And you can never think about this because it is impossible. I mean, you, but, um, and in this, in this um, sense, you have to be absolutely true to yourself in art always, I think. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that, that brings me to something actually that I wanted to mention that I believe for me is the mo most beautiful part of your work. And that is actually related to the way I have been navigating my relationship with myself in recent years. I think what strikes me the most in your work is this incredibly beautiful way of approaching daily mundane life. This, this poetry almost that exists in simple acts, simple interactions. Um, and that is something I've been, I've been thinking a lot about and I've been cultivating in my life that I, you know, I try to live from a perspective of everything I do all the time, every day, I want to enjoy those specific things. I want to enjoy making a cup of tea for myself. I want to enjoy doing the laundry. And I feel your work shares that quality. I've, when I, when I read your books, I feel inspired by what you write to also create more of those moments where I'm aware of the simple beauty of everyday life. And I'm really curious if that is also the case in your own personal life. Um, well, thank you for the compliments. Um, but, uh, no, I don't think so. I am rushing through life often. And, and the good thing about writing is that it is like, it goes beyond mindfulness even. I mean, it takes so much effort to have the, the right word to say exactly what you mean. I mean, it's not like somewhere in the area will do. No, it has to be the perfect word, the one and only word or, the, or, or rhythm. I think rhythm and musicality are in writing also very important and you know when it's right and when it's not. And, um, and it takes a lot of effort. So it's, it's, um, it's uh, yeah, it takes a lot of effort and gives you back a lot of things because you it's it's for me the only way i i think where i can um be bigger than myself or something uh, mm. because i do tend to um yeah go with with the much too fast flow <laughs> mm. do, do you uh, wish that that was different sometimes do, do you wish that you could perhaps live a life in which you could appreciate like the smallness and the mundane as well? Yeah, but it's not that I don't, don't do that. I mean, I, I, I can uh, enjoy the, the little things. Yeah. But, um, but I do, I do get bored quite easily also. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I do get bored quite easily, but I am, also easily overfed i mean by impulses so this is this will always always be difficult because it's just who i am it is very hard to find uh, to find what i actually need to be in peace and then i can even wonder um do i want to be in peace mm. because maybe this is this is the problem that i that I feel that I cannot be in peace to create something beautiful, maybe, because 
this is the place where I force peace <laughs> in a way upon myself and then uh, do all this effort to to connect to something I feel that is already there and and it has to do with everything being connected um, yeah mm. well I am very happy that although it sounds difficult for you we get to enjoy the fruits <laughs> of that creative process of you fighting with the concept of inner peace. I think that's, that's a richness that you add to the world that I very much appreciate. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you for enjoying it. Well, because you do want this. I mean, while creating, you, you can never know or think about what people will think. I mean, it's, it's a useless question. Uh, but then when it's there, of course, you want a connection. You want others to say, I know exactly what you mean, or you, uh, you showed me something, or you wrote down something that I recognize, but couldn't put the words to, or something like that. I mean, you, you want people to relate, because if they don't, yes, then you feel very lonely, I think. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes me think that perhaps I should express my appreciation for people who work in solitude more often. Like, you know, when I, when I read books, when I listen to music, I don't usually think about like, Hey, I'm going to write to the author to tell them like, you know, this specific, specific thing you did touched me and yeah. maybe I should do that more often. Yeah. Yeah. Every author, <laughs> at least we like that. Every artist probably. Yeah. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much. Although, it's, although it's difficult to, to uh, say anything more than thank you. I mean, it's the. Mm. Uh, <laughs> well, I shall think about that. Thank you so much for this conversation. We've, we've run into our time slot, unfortunately. I have one more question for you. And that is if you have anything specific to share with people who listen to this conversation, um, I assume that I'm, I'm going to post a link no matter what with like where people can find your books. But I wonder if there's anything else that you would be happy to share with people, maybe uh, something that you can recommend when it comes to like relating to self or something that you have recently read that would be nice for people to engage with. Well, uh, I, I don't know whether uh, it, this helps people, but it also had to do with, uh, with, Corona times and being uh, trapped. <laughs> uh, uh, my brother gave me a book about insects, and uh, I started reading about insects. And it is actually quite interesting to know more about those very tiny animals that, uh, for a long time, I rather had not in my house and still actually, but <laughs> not in the house, but. Uh, yeah, I was a bit scared of them. But then when you read about them, like it's often the case when you start knowing more about something, it opens up a world and it is uh, quite incredible how they live and um, how, I mean, it's also quite um, horrible mm. <laughs> because they, they uh, all tend to steal each other's work and... and uh, and and eat each other 
um, or use each other as zombies to put their babies in and, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But still, I mean, it makes you wonder about um, how self-absorbed people are. Eh? We, mm. we tend to always, uh, yeah, stick to thinking about ourselves, about humans. There is so much, there are so much more life forms and they are, yeah, und- underneath your feet and you usually don't even look at them, want to look at them. That's, that's really beautiful. I really like that. We've never talked about this on the podcast before, this idea of getting beyond the anthropocentric viewpoint. And I think indeed relating to ourselves probably changes a lot when we learn more about how other species navigate life. And yeah, you so may I'm very be, happy you bring that up. You maybe become uh, more comfortable about being humble when you are exposed to nature and the, the animals that live in it. Um, yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. How it functions and well, yeah, your humbleness is, is more comfortable than after a while. I try to learn more and more about nature and because we also need it. I mean, we, we have destroyed this planet as human beings and, we should uh, somehow connect back to it. But we also have different needs. I mean, this is, I am at the moment writing a short story that should take place in 2083. And uh, it has to have a positive view on on future. Um, And it has to be about, uh, yeah, good things that happened, in our way of perceiving nature and and i i noticed that uh, thinking about this deeper i think uh, we do have to be more humble in in the first place and connect to see ourselves as part of things not just visitors for for whom this theater is taking place mm. um and on the other hand we will always be a bit like that we always were i think well we became more and more like that probably, but, um, but it's hard to go completely beyond the ego for us. I don't think we will completely manage. <laughs> I agree. I think it's a never ending quest, but at least if we cultivate the awareness of the ego and then gradually reduce the importance of it, I think we can, we can come to beautiful places. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Annelies, for this conversation. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I can't wait to read your short story about 2083. That sounds fascinating. And I will make sure that I post your recommendation in the notes of this podcast so people can find it. Okay. Thank you thank so you much. much. Yeah. Ciao. Yeah. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe to the podcast. You can also read more of my thoughts on Twitter. I will post a link in the description. And if you are interested in improving your relationship with yourself, please subscribe to my email list at relatingtoself.com. I will then send you meditations, rituals, practices, and more of these beautiful conversations. Thanks.